Have you ever felt that deep down inside you don't belong? So you will love this conversation with Brigitte Heller, where we are talking about sense of belonging, how to build your tribe of heartfelt connections and the feeling of being worthy and feeling worthy deep down inside and how anxiety and our own biology comes into play here. We're talking about losing yourself in tough times and tough situations and then finding yourself again and again and again. We're talking about your career North Star we're talking about not faking it when you are not feeling good or you're not feeling like you are where you want to be or how you want to be. So Brigitte has a mission to speak to women and lift them up and energize them. And I know that you'll be able to relate to her journey and you will walk away and get a dose of feeling inspired and feeling of more magic and connection. So let's go. Take a listen. Hi, everybody. So today we have Brigitte Heller joining us. And Brigitte was born in Alaska and raised all over Western United States and is determined to share life-changing mindset techniques to her strong and capable community with radical encouragement through her podcast, The Strong and Capable, her awake membership community, and free monthly quote-unquote recipes to success workshops. Uh, Brigitte takes her experiences of a real life well-lived through leadership positions, various cultures, motherhood, anxiety, and also her Christian faith, all with the side of a glitter to those who seek it. I love that. And she's also a mother of three independent children, two sweet doggies, and a wife of 19 years to her best friend, Mike. In all of her spare time, huh? And I like the ha huh here. <laughs> she plays the piano, sings, serves the youth in her church, and occasionally dresses up as a Disney princess. I mean, I think that was the Elsa reference we were talking about earlier. Yep. <laughs> uh, she also has the privilege of spending her hours creating magic while doing event design with her sister and their company, Deco Create Event Design. Brigitte is an adventure-seeking, curious soul whose true passion lives with those who feel on the outside of normal and trendy, but want to live a full life with all the happiness involved. These are her people. She's in them, and she believes that life on the outside is beautiful and where the true leaders of the world reside. So welcome, Brigitte. So good to have you today. Thank you for having me on here. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, indeed. What a beautiful introduction. So thank you for that. And thank you for being here. And, you know, there were several thoughts that were running through my mind as I, you know, was reading through it and going through your introduction. But can you share a little bit more about what does life on the outside of normal, outside of the trendy mean to you? Uh, and a little bit more about how you get, got to this point. That's a good question. So, you know, I have always been involved in everything because I am an adventure seeker. So I tried out for every play, went for whatever dance team I could. I'm horrible at sports. So that wasn't really, <laughs> that's not in my genetic makeup, the whole sports things. I wish, I wish I had coordination like that, but I did dance and I did cheerleading and I, I tried out for everything, Wow! but I never 
no matter what I tried out for, no matter what I went for, no matter how many friends I had, I just never felt like I fit in. I never felt, I always felt like that old saying, you know, the square peg in a round hole or, mm-hmm. you know, I like, I just never fit with everybody else. And so I've always, my whole life felt like I was on the outside and it wasn't until my adult life that I realized I wasn't alone. You always hear about women who have their tribe and their people and they go on girls trips and best friends and they call each other for birthdays. And I thought, I don't have that. What, what am I doing that I'm living life wrong? Cause I'm a nice person. I love right. people, you know, like, but I don't have that tri- quote unquote tribe. I don't have that. And so what am I doing wrong? And, and I, you know, I would spend many times coming home from a a girl's night that I was invited to and crying in my driveway, just feeling like I just couldn't quite fit in no matter what I did. And I didn't really, I like to be myself. So I didn't really want to alter my appearance or change my style or anything to fit in. I didn't, I knew in my heart, I didn't want to do that, but I did want to belong. And we all have that, this thing that we want to belong to a group, to a people. We want to find our people. And, um, it was probably when my kids were eight, nine, 10 in that phase that I started to look around and realize that in a room of maybe 50 women, if we are, mm-hmm. you know, sitting at church or a nonprofit organization or whatever we we're doing, if I looked around and there were 50 women, maybe five of them felt like they belonged and everybody else just felt like they were kind of imposters sitting there trying to belong. And right. when I looked around, right. And so I looked around, I was like, wait a second, if everybody feels this way, that's life on the outside. We think we're on the outside, but we're not really. We're all the same. We're just trying to live this beautiful human life and find our people and find the things that light us up and make us happy. And it's hard to, it's really hard to. So I started gathering those people, being like, hey, you're my friend. You're my friend. You're my people. And the connections I made from that point on were um, intense and beautiful and varied. You'd count, you, if you come to a party at the Heller house, most people walk in thinking they're going to see one thing and it's different because it's just a whole collection of random people. You know, there's not one solid group. It's so random and I love it. And my husband loves it. And people who spend time in our home start to realize that like everyone's beautiful and unique and you can find incredible things in each person. We all have our own story and we all have our own strengths and that's life on the outside. It's basically the whole world's on the outside. There's so few that feel like they fit in, but we don't know it. Oh my God. I can, I mean, there were so many things that you said, you know, I can, one feeling that I really felt was this need for belonging, right? This desire that we all have, I think inside of us. And I can so relate to your experience also from earlier to even now, I think there are, there are times where you're in at work or, you know, like you said, in different circles where you don't feel there's this nagging feeling somewhere inside that you don't quite fit in or don't quite fit in with some people or with the cool kids or like when you were, I'm similar like you, I was not in good at sports or very involved in sports, but when you were in a physical education class right when people were calling you and you would be called last it's yep, every so time <laughs> like inside you're just like shriveled up mm-hmm. right as a little kid so do you think this whole belonging does it matter how do we generate that sense is it picking 
the right people kind of with similar values or is it more of an internal job and internally generated? Both. Yeah. Both, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Both. Because so for me, and we kind of talked about this before the podcast, I have anxiety and it's intense. Like mm-hmm. my anxiety this week, this, and I'm always real with my audience. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be real with yours. Yeah. I mean, my anxiety this week was so bad. I was breaking out in hives and basically had to shut down life and say, nobody come to my house. I'm not going anywhere. I have to rest and reset. And so, and I called the doctor every day crying. I mean, I have anxiety. It's real for me. It's not just generalized, like, yeah, I have anxiety. So sad. No, it's real. And so, you know, internally I have to do a lot, a lot of work, both Mm -hmm. with counselors and mindset to keep in a healthy place. And so, you know, feeling on the outside, if you have anxiety, if anyone has anxiety that like automatically puts you on the outside because your brain is assessing for every threat all the time. It does that naturally. And then if you add anxiety, it's like overdrive yelling at you, like, ah, there's a threat. Oh my gosh. You know? And so like internally there always has to be work. And then like you said, finding people who have a passion similar to you or, um, you know, especially in the workplace, we would think our work might bind us, but a lot of times it doesn't. And that's kind of what leads to that feeling on the outside is you're like, wait, we're all here for the same purpose. Why don't we just get along and belong? And why don't I feel perfectly involved here? You know, but it's not like that because as you said, it's more about culture and passions and things like that, that bind us. So you're more likely to find your people. If you take class, if you're obsessed with pottery and you take a pottery class, you're probably going to find more of your people there because Mm -hmm. it's your passions, your heart that connects Mm you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think when we're looking for our tribe, it's about finding those heart connections. I think you're, you're so right. And, and you probably can still find them even at work, but then it's kind of identifying and kind of maybe giving up the need for everybody to be your Mm -hmm. person. Like, I think I've heard, I don't know who said it originally, but that somewhere around like one third of the people will be quote unquote, your people, right? That you will be actually able to, like you say, establish this heart, like meaningful, deeper connection and other, like so many personalities come into play, right? So many people and that it's okay. You don't need to strive, right? To be the best friend or to be liked and appreciated by everybody. I think that's like a tremendous release. I mean, you know, giving up that need that everybody will like you. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody will like you. And I think when we expect it, we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure because do you like everybody? Right. I mean, passion. Do you truly like everybody? Right. You know, no, No. (laughs) the answer is no. I mean, we don't get along with everybody. That's just how life is. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is so true. I mean, looking at from that perspective perspective definitely and so it sounds like you said you started you built you know you were talking about the parties and your own community of people even though they are diverse like where you feel like it's your crowd Mm -hmm. it's your you know where you belong so I guess paying you know paying attention maybe even at whatever circumstances whether it's your church whether it's your work and um it's kind of that feeling, yeah, that you get, or how do you identify, okay, yeah, this person is somebody. 
that I can have more of a better belonging and connection? Well, I think that's a great question. And I think what it is, is identifying what's important to you first. Okay. You know, you could even list it out. The things that I am truly passionate about, things that are really important to me. For me, authenticity is where it's at. I do not have time to be around people who want to be fake. Like that's just not my jam. Mm -hmm. And so I want people, no matter where they're at, what their stage of life, how they look, it doesn't matter. Is, are they here really here showing up? Are they willing to say today sucks and it's okay. I'm not like out there needing the world to help me and lift me up. I'm just being real. It sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, like what are they willing to say that? Are they willing to say, oh my gosh, this was hard, but it was incredible share it with me. Like, I'm going to share it with you. Will you share it with me? Like, I want people where we're really talking about real things. And so you can weed those out pretty quickly. Cause if I say today's a hard day and they revolt, like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how to handle this. I know they're not my people mm -hmm. because they are scared of being real with me, mm -hmm. you know? So when you identify the things that are important to you, then you can kind of throughout your natural conversation, be like, Oh, there, there it is. There's that little spark I was looking for. There's that little thing I was passionate about. And it's a lot easier to find them that way. And you kind of feel also some resonance, right? Like mm -hmm. it's kind of like the gut feeling or the intuition, right? If you listen to your body, like if you can be yourself more present, there probably will be that resonance or that feeling like homey, whatever you want to describe it, like you will feel it in you. Okay. Yes. This is, you know, my person, because I think it's so, uh, you know, I'm passionate about, passionate about sharing with people how they can architect their lives towards loving Mondays, right? Because so many times we, you know, we have in our careers or day to day, this feeling like, oh, we're looking forward to the Friday, happy Friday. Nobody says, or very few people say happy Monday, right? And kind of the dread that can go in, um, you know, even before Monday starting, and you talk about it in one of your podcast episodes, but I think people, right? And knowing which are your people, and if you're working with the right culture, identifying the right culture and team is so important towards that journey, right? And like you said, knowing yourself, and then um, starting to look for that a company that embodies similar values and cultures and uh, traits and behaviors. So would you be open to telling us a little bit more about how you got here? Now you're running, you know, a podcast, a community, a design company with your sister. I, I, you know, another question is like, how do you do it all? But what has been your career journey to get here? Well, a huge part of my career journey is not allowing fear to take over, to mm -hmm. just being curious about life mm -hmm. because I'm willing to try anything. Why not? <laughs> kind That's of adventure. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, that adventurous soul. So when I was 17, I left high school and went to college early and finished my high school credits there. I moved 800 miles away from my family. Um, and when I was 18, I looked at my dad and said, dad, I want to start a company. He was a business owner. So he was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I told them and they helped me get the financial aid to just jump off. I borrowed $10,000 from my dad's bank. <laughs> and, um, 
started a little hair company in the mall at 18 years old. And of course, paid off my debts and then grew it from one cart. It was a cart in the mall to three over two states and had 25 employees. And then I met my husband in the middle of all that. But point is, I was like, why not? Why can't I be the person that's successful at that? You know, and I was young and kind of dumb. So like, that's not, that helps actually, right? right? (laughs) Yeah. What you don't know is sometimes the best what you don't know. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But so, you know, jumping in, if you're like, but I don't know better, that's actually a gift. Run with that and own it. (laughs) Um, So what you don't know is great. But from there, it also taught me that a lot of things are possible. So I had from there, when the trend died down, I was passionate about events. I had been doing them for my dad's company since I think I was probably an infant. You know, he had made us be part of his business conferences and whatnot. So I started doing weddings. I met my husband. We did 30 weddings in a summer. Right. It was crazy. I was so sick. I was so sick. And I was like, Mike, I got to go to the hospital. This is bad. Cause I kind of do that when I um, start a company, I'll overextend myself and get myself sick. It's not good. I would not recommend that. But mm-hmm. It's a bad habit and I'm getting better about it anyway. Um, it, it took nine weeks for us to realize that maybe, maybe we were going to have a baby. So, wow. you know, I, I shut down the two businesses. I was so sick. We had her early. So our last wedding we did was after she was two weeks old. And then I started wow. teaching piano. So it's like, just allowing life to unfold and following. I taught piano. I de- I've decorated cakes. I've dressed up as a princess, as we talked about, and gone to parties and sang and danced. I have done any nonprofit that comes my way. Nonprofit work is some of my favorite. Um, so, you know, the PTA is a nonprofit, moms. Like, go join the PTA. It's a great place to be and to learn business skills and how accounting works and how, you know, just different roles, president, vice president. What do they look like? What are responsibilities? Um, so the PTA was great. And I worked with the Celiac Disease Foundation for seven years. So really, it was just being open to what came my way mm-hmm. and trying it, you know. So my sister and I, when the, the opportunity came, actually, I was in a horrible work environment. It was very toxic. My self-esteem was down to nothing. I had been four years and I basically believed I could not even get hired at a fast food place. I, I believed I had no value, wow. none at all. This is a year ago. This isn't even that long ago. I was like, I have nothing. I can't even apply at McDonald's. They're going to be like, she's not worth it. Don't hire her, you know, and which is cute because my son was working at McDonald's at the time. So I believe they could hire my 14 year old son, but not me. Um, And so my sister said, you know, we've been really good at events. What if, and we started to dream a little bit about what that would look like Mm -hmm. and decided to try it. And a few of the moms from the school had seen the events I'd done. We've done a lot of galas, beautiful. We like experiences. Like, how can we make this interesting? So we'll hang a boat from the ceiling and have fog coming out of it, (laughs) you know, like really crazy stuff because we're crazy like that. And and so we've ended up doing a lot of weddings, a lot of parties, and it's really just saying what could be, what if, and if all it comes is a hobby that makes us money, then that's okay too. You know, that it doesn't have to be the next millionaire idea. I don't have to be the leader of Sphinx, but if like, like she's incredible, right. But, Mm -hmm. but if we're impacting the way that lights our life and those around us, and it helps our family, that's like, what more, that's like, that's amazing. So it's just being open to what could be. 
and it's so you've tried a lot mm -hmm. you tried different things and was it in um how, would you say that you found and kind of observed along the way you know what you what energizes you mm -hmm. what drains you you know which direction what you like what you don't like what's good for you what's not good for you hundred percent. In fact, when I started DecoCrate with my sister, I told her, I said, I'm here for this and I'll be all in, mm -hmm. but I know in my heart, this isn't the end for me. I know in my heart that I want to speak to women and I want to lift them and energize them. And so if this is the vehicle that helps me get there, mm -hmm. I'm here for it hundred percent, but I know it's time to head into that. And so, so you have when, a vision. Yeah. You, you have to have a vision. I have a an amazing guy on my podcast and his name's Jake Parker. He's an artist. Okay. And he said, you have to have a North star. Yes. What oh is my God. North I gave star? a presentation of my company yeah. a year ago. Yes. Yes, yeah. you do. And, and your North star, you can do a million things before you get to that North star, but knowing that all of them give you pieces that lead you to that. Oh my God. That is so beautiful. And when did you connect with your North star? Like, when did you realize what is it? So part of it was being in that, that unhealthy work environment. I was okay. drowning and I thought I have got to do something for my own sanity here. I've got to help people because my mom always taught me by serving other people, you lift yourself. Yeah. When you're serving, you know, you lose yourself in service in a good way and you learn and grow. And so I thought I could start an Instagram and talk about mental health and be real about it and help people who are struggling. I can connect with those people. And so I started the strong and capable Instagram and it was halfway through COVID that it, and I had been doing that for about a year, halfway through COVID, I found Kathy Heller's class and took me to do this. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, this calling had just kept coming and coming to my heart. It's time to move, time to go, time to, you got to listen to those whispers, those things that hit your heart mm -hmm. and hit your mind, because those are the things that's the magic, right? Mm -hmm. The magic in the universe. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you believe in God, those are those little nudges that are like, hello, get to work. Yeah. But it's almost, oh my God, it's almost like you were talking about, it sounds like a toxic environment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost like you have to be brought to that to mm -hmm. like, so you listen. Yeah, no, it undid me and I had to remake myself again. I always tell my audience I've lost myself and found myself a million times. That's why I can help people do it because I've been there. I have lost myself and recently I've lost myself but I had to be undone so that when I was remade again, yet again, mm -hmm. that it was the person that was ready for the next step. And mm -hmm. that's what I have found is every time I come undone, even this week, I thought, okay, I'm ready for the next thing, whatever it is, because I've been undone yet again, mm -hmm. I pulled myself together yet again. So what now, you know, what is next? Where does my heart, it needed to be softened yet again. It needed to be reminded yet again. And I mm -hmm. sometimes think, I always say with the strong and capable being weak, isn't weak. Like when you feel weak, that's when your real strength comes out. So this week, as I have felt horrible, my true strength came out because I was able to pause and reflect and think and pull out all the tools that I've developed and show myself that I am beautifully strong and capable, mm -hmm. even in my hardest moments. And share it, right? Share it mm -hmm. in such a beautiful and vulnerable way. I'm very relatable, right? Very human way. Because all of us, 
Well, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I mean, we're human and we keep pretending we're not. And I don't understand, like, I can't, this is probably the one place I don't totally relate to other people's. I don't understand why we're faking it because all of the struggles I had at work or in organizations over the years mm-hmm. is always because someone was trying to pretend to be something or grab for something, some kind mm-hmm. of a power to fill that empty place. But when we shed off the layers that we're trying to put on, that's when life really starts. Oh my God. I was talking to my, yes, yes. I was talking to my sister. Um, you know, uh, she uh, works in marketing, you know, also for a multinational co- corporation. And like, she just recently had the realization about like that people, like other people, like leaders, you know, that she sees, you know, giving presentations or, you know, having leadership, higher leadership positions that somehow she thought, and I think at a certain point in our lives, we think those people are perfect and they don't have this fear that they just never doubt themselves, that they just keep going. They're strong and capable, but they don't have these other parts of personality, right? But like, and this is why podcasts, right? Conversations like you're having um, in community, right? is so important, even if finding those, maybe that group of people you can be more vulnerable within work environment, because like you said, there can be still your tribe, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Even not, if not everybody is, but also then if you can't find them or not, there are not many there, then find the podcast, right? Find the inspirational leaders, find the community that shares experiences, right? Where it can, you, you can relate. And from that, way grow because I think so many people I hear there are many times when women kind of get stuck in positions where they're not fully appreciated not fully valued not paid as much as work they're putting in for right and um and then not fully seen and not given growth opportunities at the time that they're ready for um and it, it's just so, you know, when you connect and hear other stories, I think it just can be so empowering and start changing that, start shifting so you can start seeing it sooner, catching it sooner and changing your own experience sooner. So I wanted to ask you from all the, all the adventures, right? All the things you've tried out and it's not like you've been an entrepreneur, you've gone for it, you have a family, like where does it, how it kind of almost it's comes across as you're so strong so capable and then the anxiety journey um can you tell us a little more about that and how it just seems like such opposite you know like how where where does it come into play um I like to say anxiety is almost like my superpower because it's the thing because I am living under everything's going to fall apart and the worst is going to happen every day. (laughs) Like I've had to learn how to know that that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes over. I mean, literally yesterday and the day before I cried all day. I'm not, I mean, it's sometimes it takes over and I really have to stop and reset. But for the most part, my anxiety helps me know that all these fears aren't real. I actually have on my office I'm looking at it right now um this thing it says I choose to walk sacred 
And it's because when I started my podcast, I was scared out of my mind and all the anxiety, all the fear of mm-hmm. that I have naturally and that would come naturally was coming up, you know, who's going to listen to you? Are you going to make any sense? Does anybody, do you actually have anything of value to say? You think you do, but do you really, you know, nobody's going to want to actually come on your podcast. They're going to be like, oh no, I don't want to be associated with her. (laughs) You know, this is these thoughts that aren't true, but felt very true and real. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was sitting there, I was sitting there and I was having a moment and I call it divine downloads, these things that you get Mm-hmm. And when it's like a moment of clarity that, you know, is beyond you somehow. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting there and I was scared and I was spinning in this dark place that was not healthy. And all of a sudden I had this thought, switch those two letters, switch the two letters in scared, switch the C and the A, because oh, wow. when you are scared and you choose to walk forward anyway, you're walking on sacred ground because you're walking on transformational ground. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. And anytime you're scared and you're choosing it anyway, you're transforming yourself. And that is sacred. That's beautiful. Like opening your heart. Mm -hmm. Yes. When you're scared and you step into it, then you change, right. And you grow and you blossom and you shed the, the layers and all the beautiful things. And we become more. So anxiety is my superpower because it opens me up to things that I would never be open to. And it's taught me to move forward even when, even when I don't want to, (laughs) you know, but, and it keeps me humble, honestly, going on medicine this week was hard. Not because I'm against medicine. I'm a huge proponent of medicine and counseling and whatnot, but because I was mad at myself that I let it get so out of control, Mm. you know, that I couldn't, I meditate and I journal and I do all these things, these healthy practices. Mm-hmm. And yet it still got out of control. And I really had to battle through that. I was so mad. And, and that's where you talk about tribe. Having your people is so important. And mm-hmm. through the podcast, I found even more of my people, these heart-centered entrepreneurs, right? So yeah. I, I called several of them. I'm struggling. Tell me that, tell me I'm not losing my mind here. Tell me that I can do this, that I am strong and capable. And of course they're amazing humans and they did talk me through it. And, and I'm so thankful for that, but anxiety is hard. It's real. And it will put you in bed multiple days if you let it. And sometimes you have to let it to recover. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, anxiety is no joke. I've had it my whole life. I didn't know it till I was an adult, but I've had it my whole life. So do you like, even though you have um, gone for things and tried all these things and been adventurous and entrepreneurial, do you feel the fear and anxiety as you do? And you just kind of push through and do it anyways, or does it just come with certain things? Well, I, I'm a huge proponent. That's a great question of rewriting your thoughts. Um, because you know, your thoughts are, by the time you're 35, they're like 95 to 98% pre-written your thoughts. And it's just a Mm -hmm. constant script that's happening for you already. So if you want to fix it, you got to rewrite them. And that my free class that I teach every month, that's what I do is I walk people through how to rewrite them. So the first time I did this, this thought script was almost 20. Well, my daughter's 17, almost 18. So it was like 17 years ago, (laughs) but, um, the first time I did this, my thought script was 60 minutes, 60 seconds of just whatever was up in my brain. And it was horrible. It so was, were you right when you say thought script, are you writing this out now? You're yep. like putting the committee here on paper? 
Yep. Whatever's rolling through there, whatever comes to okay. your brain, you just write it out for 60 seconds to two minutes. And it was like, you're worthless. You have no value. I want to eat Oreos was in there about 10 times because food for me is like, a, I can control life if I can control my food. And we were broke and I couldn't afford Oreos. So like, you know, I want to eat Oreos was really important to me at that moment. You know, uh, your husband doesn't really love you. Just like the worst of the worst thoughts. Isn't that and so when harsh? I like what we have going on in our heads? So yeah. harsh. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. All your worst fears are up there in your brain, rattling around all the time. And the and thing is, like, I think so. What's the power of because, like, somehow we think, okay, first of all, either we don't notice it for years, right? Mm -hmm. We're not paying attention to it. Or so, what does the writing out help you do? So when you rewrite your thoughts, and there's a whole process to it, but we could be here for like another hour, right? Yeah, Not just so you know, on a high level. Yeah. <laughs> but when you rewrite your thoughts, basically you have to come up with new evidence that is truthful to you. It cannot be like the dream sentence. It's got to be words you would use and it has to be truthful to you. So if I write, he doesn't love me, the opposite, I have to write its opposite and it has to be truthful. And I usually talk to myself. You, you got to talk sweet to yourself, you know, Bridget. Mike loves you. He loves you and he shows you. And then I'll list evidence mm -hmm. of it. You mm -hmm. know, he, he loves you because he shows you this way. He loves you when he does this, he loves you because you're worth loving, you know? So I'll rewrite the thought and give it evidence because our brains want evidence. Yes. And then if you're going to even take it a step further, you go seek evidence from sources that you trust books, you trust or quotes mm -hmm. or people you'll find, you know, something about how love's unconditional or mm -hmm. love is built from something that you and your you know, significant other have done. So you find evidence for that. So when you do that and you put that new thought in and you have to practice it and reread it and think about it, now, at least when the negative one pops up, you have, oh, wait, wait, ah, oh, negative thought. I have something to combat that. I have that. And you pull that out. And you can, the more you do that, the more that becomes the natural thought pattern. Mm -hmm. And now when I rewrite my thoughts, when I do my thought inventory and list them out, it's hilarious. You would think I was, I don't even know. It's like multiple personalities in a way because yep, yep. it's like, you're a horrible person. It's like, no, girl, you're not horrible. And here's why. <laughs> so it's like back and forth. So, you know, I'm always going to have the fear, but now I have the evidence to come and be like, oh, girl, nope, no, nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And here's why we're not going to do that. So, yes, I experience fear when I message someone like Heidi Stevens or Heather Chauvet for the podcast. I've reached out to people that are so beyond my reach and they always right, say yes. you put on a pedestal, right? They're yeah. somehow more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, there was no way, no way that this person was gonna be like, yes, I will come on your brand new podcast. And they <laughs> did every time. And I think a lot of it is just because I had this thought, the fear. And then I was like, oh no, girl. Oh no. You don't have to live here. You can walk sacred. You can do this. And I would reach out to them the way I would want to be reached out to. Mm -hmm. And so far, everyone has said yes every time. Mm, that's so beautiful. And kind of going back to the thought inventory, um, I think many times, like you were mentioning, obviously, a personal relationship, but even mm -hmm. at work, we can start having this insidious narrative like, oh, my boss doesn't care about me. Mm -hmm. My boss, um, you know, he he's not going to look out for me. Or when we have 
um, other, as in corporate America, they call stakeholders or other, you know, function leaders. And like some people are more difficult that you mm -hmm. have to work with or clients. You can start having this narrative like, oh, they're out to get me. They're like out to frame me, you know, oh, God forbid I, you know, make, you know, one mistake and I'll be fired or something, right? And all this really um, negative narrative. And I think I see a value in kind of what you're saying and the example, the exercise you're providing is to write it out, you know, how are you thinking about your coworkers, your clients, and reframing that because at the end of the day, we're changing our environment and experience and creating it from inside out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of even what we're saying about our boss and environment is not necessarily 100% true. And your experience can change by you changing your mind. Yep. And I would say, add to that, because I've lived it. If you're, because I was doing this, I mean, I've been doing this practice for, again, my daughter's whole life. I, I learned about it when she was a tiny baby and I had postpartum depression. So it's been with me my whole life. I was in that toxic work environment and I was rewriting and rewriting and reframing and reframing and teach, and it was toxic. So what that teaches you is when you're doing that and you still can't change the things that are happening, mm -hmm. then you can go, whoa, this is beyond me. And there mm -hmm. has to be a different change that's made, you know, yeah. maybe to the switch of position or companies or, or whatever, right. and which is eventually what I had to do. But it, I knew when I left a hundred percent that the truth was the truth. I wasn't seeing this as it wasn't me being a victim because, you know, like yeah. you said, we'll put these ideas on people. We'll put these thoughts of they just don't like me or they're just, you know, think I'm a lazy person or whatever at work. You know, it, right. we want so badly the approval of our coworkers and our boss. And mm -hmm. in the end, when we're at our healthiest, we don't care. But most of us are like, I don't know how about you, but I'm not usually at my healthiest all the time. So it's one you know, of the human needs, like connection and love, well, right? Yeah. yeah. We're seeking those always. We're always seeking connection and, and association and just to fill our buckets every acceptance. day. We want that. Yeah. Acceptance and love and all of that. We're always seeking it. And so when work's not providing it, we can rewrite our thoughts, but I definitely caution anyone if it's to a point where even as you're doing the work and it's not working out for you, it's okay to change jobs too. Yeah, it's definitely, there can be situations that are unhealthy, right? And mm -hmm. it's walking that line. So do you mind sharing a little bit more about that experience? Like how, you know, what led to it and kind of what was um, at the worst and how were you able when you're going through something like that, right? Because it takes up a lot of your mental, you know, it takes down your value. There's so many mental implications, right? Uh, it's like, how were you able to reach for a North Star going through something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's part of actually the key to it. Is I, at first, when I was feeling just confused or down or sad about mm -hmm. my work that I was putting in so much and it was not filling my bucket and it was never enough for those who were overseeing my tasks, you know, that that was why I reached for my North Star. Then I was like, okay, I can serve people. I can help people. I can do this. And maybe I won't be filled at work, but I can be filled on the side here. And then I can still do my work and provide for my family. So it kind of was the vehicle in the middle that helped me find my footing, find my value, you know, even as I was trying to change work, because I didn't just give up. I was like, okay, I'll 
I'll keep moving and I'll keep changing. Well, over the years, I would change positions. I would change the hours I was working. I, I mean, conversation after conversation with my bosses. I was doing whatever I could to change the situation for the better of not just me, but the organization. Because mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person when I'm in your organization, I'm all in. <laughs> and this you is know? one company experiencing. Yep. Okay. Yep, one company. Mm-hmm. But I would say at the height of it, it didn't matter what I did. I'll give you a good example. I did a gala for them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, they had raised $3,000 at their galas. I, mm-hmm. I was taking it up to 20 plus thousand dollars. It's a school. Wow. This is a lot of money for a school, <laughs> a lot of money for parents to give it a school. Yeah. Um, and so I had, you know, way, way, way increased what they were doing, how they were doing it, scaled it up, brought in a lot of money. And I remember the last gala I did for the school was a few months before I left. And I asked the boss, I said, what do you think? My family had been there almost for 48 hours straight. We'd slept only a couple hours and it had been me, my sister, our husbands, our kids, like everybody had been there creating this beautiful experience. And the boss looked at me and said, I think you fixed what I hated from last year. And that was it. I was like, oh, that was it. Stood up and walked away. And the last year, the year before we had brought in 25,000. So I was like, what? What do you, what do you, what do you mean you hated the most? And yeah, anyway, there's so much to that story. But and that moment I thought, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't yeah. matter what I do. It's not you. And, yeah, it's not you, me. Well, that person will never be happy. Never, no matter what I do. It doesn't matter how much I sacrifice myself and my family. And I had sacrificed my family. I had lost my North Star because I was putting so much into the work that I had stopped my Instagram posts and stories. I remember once getting in trouble for posting on my Instagram, even though I didn't do it during work hours. Um, It was, I had lost my North star. I had started to lose my family. My family was falling apart. And when the things that you love are suffering, Mm -hmm. it's not good. It's not healthy. Yeah. And so as that was going on, as that process was going on and, and then the, Probably the thing that ended it all was the last year I asked for a move in in positions, move in offices. And I was like, you know what? I just cannot do this anymore. Maybe if we totally switch offices, totally switch positions, I can still build this company that I love Mm -hmm. because I did love it and believed in it. And that's why I wanted to work there initially and, but be healthier. And instead I was placed with a person who was horrible to me like parents would come into the school and the person would literally look at the parents and say, don't listen to her. She knows nothing. She has no authority here. Wow. And it would be things that I literally was running, you know, events I was running, different things I was doing and did it to my own sibling. My own sibling came in and said, to, didn't realize it was my sibling. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Don't listen to her. She'll probably lie to you, <laughs> you know, like things oh like gosh. that. And, and so it got, it got to a point where it was pretty crazy and we had to talk it out as you sometimes do in offices. And she just said, you are a horrible person and you don't like me and you treat me badly is what she told me. And I, I thought, do you know me at all? I love, like, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, I literally am looking for those who don't feel loved and like, come here, I would love you. We will love each other. Like, that's yeah. who I am. And so I realized it did not matter who, it just didn't matter. This was not a place 
these people, because they were all family members, was not a people that believed in me or saw the value in what I was offering. And so it just didn't matter. And I had lost my North Star. I'd lost myself. I was, my family was a mess. And I, I said, no more. I said, no more. And my husband, bless his heart, he had encouraged me to do it months before, but I wanted to fulfill my contract. <laughs> okay. And so I did. I filled out, I, I fulfilled my contract. I filled it out to the end, but it, I mean... Yeah. So I this is like... another, what you're touching upon is so powerful because this is another theme that I am seeing where women stay in positions in with bosses that will never appreciate them to, for their full value, you know, and sometimes like you said, it's unhealthy and they're wasting too much time because they're kind of finding quote unquote reasons, right? Because they're helper types or, you know, they're we're always looking to, oh, what can I be doing differently? What can I do, be doing better? What am I doing wrong, right? And how do you strike that balance and re recognize, right, where it's not going to serve you? This is not a good environment. This is just not the right person. And you need to cut your losses and move on, right, sooner. You know, it's it has so much to do. You were talking about inner dialogue and, and the things... I I'm so thankful for that experience because as I said, it totally unmade me and I had to remake myself again. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for it because what I, how I did that was go back to my roots, who I really am and in my heart mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the thought work that I teach that I had taught before this job, I came back to, and really I am proof that it works because I was, as I told you, like, I felt like I had nothing to give, nothing to give to the world. And life was proving it to me. Everything was falling apart. I felt like the sky was falling all around, mm -hmm. but it, it's so much of that inner work when you're seeking for acceptance from those around you versus your inside, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to always fall victim to those who would take advantage of you, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like every time, but when you know who you are, when you know what you want in life, where you're going and how you want to get there, when you kind of have that set up, that's actually the foundation of the strong and capable, know who you are, know where you're going, know how to get there. When you know that, then you can be in that environment and see the red flags a lot easier mm -hmm. and you can decide more clearly what to do with them quicker. Mm -hmm. But when hey. you lose yourself, you know, you don't. Yeah. So it's like, you have to build that, you have to have that acceptance and recognition and value for your of yourself for, before you can expect it from another and then realize that if the other one is not seeing it or is behaving like a jerk mm -hmm. you know or is behaving in unhealthy ways that it's not you right mm -hmm. and being strong enough to kind of walk away or set the healthy can, boundaries right you can say to them this doesn't make me feel respected or I don't like this, or mm -hmm. you can, you know, and you don't have to come at it whiny. My husband always says, don't negotiate from a place of weakness, negotiate from a place of power, right? Like you're yes. as women, we're not weak, but we we're, as you said, looking for this acceptance everywhere. And I don't know if it starts as a child when we're taught to like mother other people more, you know, like with babies uh, or like, I don't know where it all quite starts, but I know that we're always trying to please and make and create this beautiful environment wherever we go. And when it's not perfect and beautiful, we're thinking it's our fault. We always yeah. come in and think it's our fault. And it, it's not, a lot of times yeah. it's not. So it's okay to say, 
you know what? I did my thing here and it didn't work. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry you're angry. How are we going to fix this together? And we can be the bridge builders and the ones that have the conversations of, okay, it didn't work. How are we going to move forward? We can be those motivators of forward mm-hmm. movement instead of being trying to fix on the back end all the time. And I think that's when a woman really steps into her power is when she knows who she is and she can have those conversations instead of the, oh shoot, it's messed up. How am I going to fix it? It's how are we going to fix it? Because this isn't what we want. Yeah. That you don't have to do it all yourself. Mm-mm. Right. And sometimes yep. it's scary to ask, why is that? That somehow the natural inclination is like all this pressure that I have to fix it. And it takes like, I don't know, you need to open up and start to think like, it, it feels uncomfortable at first to, to, to say and acknowledge and go ask for that help that it's like, we need to fix it or versus, yeah. you know, putting it all on you. Yeah. No, we is so much better than I, it is so much better. But as women, we think it's an I, we think it has to be an I, we think our value comes from I <laughs> a lot of yeah. times, but we co-creating is where all the magic happens. Mm-hmm. I bet if a woman paused and thought about her most magical moments, it has someone else in it. Yeah. And then, so in a work setting, right, it's so much more freeing, right? I is so stressful. Oh my God. Now you have to figure it out, out on your own versus it's okay to go to your boss. And because sometimes, you know, the other person, for whatever reason, they might not be thinking, you know, they have their own problems, issues, you know, solutions to find, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you don't ask, they think you got it. Mm -hmm. And it creates so much stress versus like you said, some, when you go and say, instead of, okay, I need to figure it out, you ask your boss, how are we going to fix it? And then they're invested, they're involved, and they have ownership in it. And they most likely in many times, even though you might think, oh, there's not enough resources, team members are already stressed or overworked or whatnot. Magically, when you start having dialogues and not taking it up on yourself individually, that different solutions start to present themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are other <laughs> options and it's kind of so much more freeing, right? Yeah. And then you get that, you're talking about synergy and energy and all the things. Yeah. And even connection, you want connection at work, co-create, create with your coworkers. Like it's so much better because then you connect and you're working together and the ideas are flying and that energy is flying and everybody is more energized and the solutions are clearer and better. Yeah. We're not meant to do it alone, but we keep trying. And I think in the workplace, that's where women struggle. We keep trying to do it alone. We try keep trying to be independent and mighty versus stepping into what women are best, which is co-creating and creating that magic. Yeah. It is so counterintuitive, but like stepping up and asking for help actually gets gets you more visibility versus you mm-hmm. trying to do it on your own. And maybe nobody not really, succeeding. Like you're not a headache for anybody, but at the same time, nobody, you know, you're not kind of involving and letting also your boss be the hero, right? And taking them along the journey and involving them in them seeing you and being a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that is so beautiful. And um, so if you, so you are in that position, right? Things are really bad. And then are you writing out your North Star? Are you kind of, how clear did you get on your vision? And how how were you able to reach for something different? 
was it like you said your husband started prompting you or um I think so much of it is just this and I know so many women experience it because we're so intuitive it's this like thing in the back of your heart and mind that's like this is not it this Mm. is not it this Mm. is not the thing Bridgette, you might, I mean, and I loved my kids. I worked with the kids. I love my parents. I love them so much. And I kept feeling like, but I'm doing so much good here. And again, back to that value. I was, I was looking for my value externally versus internally at that time mm-hmm. because I had lost myself, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but the, but they value me. They need me. They, you know, I went through that, but in the back of my mind and heart, it was still like, this isn't it though. There's and, something you know, missing. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't know what it is still like my North star, honestly, is sometimes still fuzzy. It's not clear. It's not like, ah, but, but as I take action and I move closer to it, I can feel it. It's almost like I can feel the warmth of it just a little bit more, a little bit more as I get closer to it. And so I just keep following that and trusting that feeling and again, women are so intuitive, but we try and shut down that part of ourselves because the world doesn't always value that or they laugh at it, but that is where our magic lies. And when we follow our intuition, whether it's in work or at home or wherever it is, that's when we're able to create and change and grow. And those, those things fill us creation and growth fill women. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, for me, as I've acted, all of a sudden, like motivational speaking is something I've wanted to do my whole life, but I forgot that that was part of my North star. That was a ray of it. Right. Until I started the podcast and I'm talking to people and I'm motivated and we're loving and we're growing and all this synergy. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, all these memories started coming back to me of like the very first time I heard a motivational speaker. I can tell you as I can tell it's so clear now I'd forgotten it. But once the memory came back, I was sixth grade in a little town in Utah. And he came in, and he talked about how our worries and our thoughts are like rocks in a backpack. And we okay. just fill our backpack and then we're all weighed down by it. And he talked about how to take out the rocks and lighten our load. And I remember watching the kids in school be transformed by this conversation and thinking this, this is what I want to do. I want to mm. help people see light and goodness, you know? Yeah. And then I can tell you a bunch of other moments but I had forgotten that memory until I was taking the steps to my North star. And then it was like, you know, the universe got, it reminded me, it's like, you're on it. You're doing it. You're taking the right steps. And you keep building that energy and that growth and that excitement. As you step towards it, you feel lifted and lightened and you like expansion is the word, yeah. you know, and it's exciting. So Amy, you don't always know you lose your North star. The best thing of course is to write it down. Now I have it written down in like a hundred journals all over my house and different places. Right. But, and even this week I had a meeting with a mentor, um, that I reached out to and asked him if he'd be a mentor. I was like, Hey, could you be my mentor? I said, I feel a little bit like the chicken asking, you know, the little story about the, I think it's a duck. He's like, are you my mommy? Kind of a thing. I said, I feel a little bit like that duck, but I, I like your energy. Would you mentor me? I mean, so seriously, you talk about crazy stuff. I did that this week That's and awesome. he said, yes. And so we had a beautiful zoom call, but I had as prepping for this meeting and I was looking through my book. I call it my like strong, keepable Bible. It's all of my, who I am, what my mission is, what are our principles and foundations? Like all of it's written out and I was flipping through it. And I thought I've been spinning all week on some of these concepts and I wrote them down right here 
a, almost a year ago now, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so we spin a lot and we forget. And so writing down is really important and reviewing what we've written down is really important. Yeah. And maybe what I'm hearing you say is also, if you, you might not know exactly that North Star in what format, right? What all the details will look like, right? What exactly will you be doing? Because like, so, but honoring that feeling, right? If there is that longing, mm -hmm. if there is that feeling of something missing, right? Or kind of that feeling, the need for something more, that yearning is to start, you know, if you don't not, don't ignore it, right? And kind of start taking steps. And even if you can connect to the other feeling, like it sounds like maybe if you didn't know all the details, right? But you kind of felt the North Star that, you know, that it would feel differently. You kind of had a general idea how it like to connect to that feeling of that vision of how the ideal situation could feel, should hit, should feel, or has a possibility of feeling. Mm -hmm. Could you connect with the feeling more than maybe all the details? A hundred percent. And here's why, here's why. So your North star might be, I want to, so I'll just give my, my North star. I want to lift those who don't feel seen those people on the outside. I want them to look in the mirror and see their beauty. I want to be a part of that journey with them because there's nothing better than someone who doesn't look in the mirror and see themselves to see that transformation, to be able to be sidelines or, or a piece of that journey is like, it's incredible for me. And when someone steps into who they are, oh, oh my gosh, it just makes me so excited for them and for yeah. their families and for their coworkers and for everything around them, right? Because now they're going to light up the world in a whole different way. And I love, love watching that fire spread, that light spread. Mm -hmm. So I know that. Now in my North Star, if I know that's what my North Star is, the thing is, seeing other people light up is like the thing that fills my soul and every like just every way I might think okay my north star has to look like da, 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 da. and I might outline it mm -hmm. because I, I like I really like spreadsheets and outlines and plans I mean they're beautiful right <laughs> like so I might outline that but then on the journey to that maybe I never get it and then I feel like I'm like man I thought I had to be a huge podcaster and I thought I had to write a million dollar book and I thought I had to mm -hmm. to reach people and I'm not doing any of those things therefore I have failed and now instead of our north star being this beautiful light that fills our life it's like this you almost get bitter with it and angry like mm -hmm. stupid you know and then then you question well do you have any value or can you even do the things you dream of or why do you even dream you know we really spin in a negative place but if we are open to, okay, that's my North star lifting people up. And I am open to whatever that journey looks like and mm -hmm. trusting my intuition along the way, mm -hmm. you know, maybe then I'm working at good old Hobby Lobby because we really like Hobby Lobby as designers, <laughs> but I'm working at good old Hobby Lobby and I'm a cashier and I am smiling at every single person who comes through that line and I am having great conversations and I am lifting my coworkers. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I've never been happier in my life. Mm -hmm. But it's not because I had the podcast that had 5 million downloads. It's because I'm closer to my North star in that moment than I've ever been. So yeah. So being open to possibility or the form <laughs> that it might take and kind of, it sounds like what you've been also demonstrating through all your life is then trying, right. Mm -hmm. Then try like that there will be some kind of synergy that the right door 
will open, right? Whether it's a podcast or book writing, as long, you know, whatever it is for you, as long as you try those different things, then the right, right door will open. The right door will open. And when it opens, because you went through all the different things, you'll have more knowledge and understanding and empathy and education, all the things because of your journey, your journey will become the foundation of whatever's next when that door opens. Right. And it's usually that's, that's another beautiful thing that the beautiful careers, you know, businesses, whatever it is, you know, the professional form that your life takes is that it's usually a winding path. It's never a straight road. And somehow, first of all, what a rich experience anyway, right? Because you're showing up for life and, um, and that's where a lot of the fulfillment actually is coming from, right? And then somehow magically, all these weird, seemingly different experiences come together as a beautiful pearl string necklace. And they really do. So I can tell you a cool example yeah. of that. I yeah. did years ago, I was in a church calling and okay. I did this, this journal for the ladies in this church. And it was a monthly journal and it was prompts and things to help them reflect and talk. And it was oh my gosh, putting that thing together was like a horrible nightmare. And I don't know if anybody ever did it. And, you know, like it was this whole huge journey that to this day, I'm like, was that a good idea? I don't know if it was a good idea. So it was a really intense thing. I mean, it was thick. It was a couple hundred pages. It was big. So I did that process and it was beautiful in the moment I learned and I grew. Well, fast forward six Mm -hmm. years, And I'm sitting in my community for the first month and we do guidebooks every month. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, guys, this is the first month. This is the first time I've ever done this. Please be kind. Please be gentle because I don't really know what I'm doing here. I just put together this 10 page guidebook. You're like, it's about 10 pages every month, you know, like just be, and then I went, whoa, hold up. I've done this before. And I just happened weirdly enough to have this journal sitting. I mean, I haven't had this journal out for like I said, five years, I just happened to have it sitting next to me. And I reached them. I said, guys, I just lied to you. I've done this before. And it was successful and it was beautiful. And it ripped my soul into creating it. Like, but I've done it. And that's why I can do this for you today. Wow. So, but if I hadn't been open to that whole journey back then, which was hard, it was really hard putting that whole thing together. And it took a lot of effort. Now I was able to do this thing and I do it every month and I do it fairly easily because I had gone through the fire already on how to do this and now I can do it now beautiful synchronicity also like you said Mm -hmm. about you having have done it and having that journal we doubt ourselves so often we doubt our life experience that it has any relevance to where we're at now but Mm -hmm. it's always relevant all of it is and it's also it almost seems to me it comes down to your worth Right, whether you believe inside that you are enough, right, and that you're worthy. A hundred percent. And you are enough, whoever is listening, you are enough and you are worthy. Yeah, hundred percent. And like we said, we have to talk to ourselves. Yep, we have to talk to ourselves. I do the 10 day I am challenge and it's saying 10 I am statements for 10 days. Oh. And it, when you watch people do it, it's fascinating because the first three days they're like, this is weird and awkward, but I'm doing it. Ha ha. And then by day three and four, I usually get um, texts or messages. I don't believe this. I don't know if I can do this. This is hard. 
This is really hard. And they go through a couple of letting it below surface, right? Yeah. And it really starts hurting. They're like, I don't believe this stuff. And and I always tell them it's not actually, I wrote it down. I was just, I I was doing a podcast and I just wrote it down. Let me see it right here. Grab it. I wrote the 10 day I am challenge is uncovering truth and creating new truth. And that's when you're telling yourself, I am statements. I am kind. I am worthy. I'm enough. I am loved. I'm light. I'm educated. I'm a good friend, whatever it is, you're uncovering truth and you're creating new truth because there's so many truths that we hide and we bury. And when we try and bring them to light, it's uncomfortable because we feel weird claiming it. But when you claim it, you light up. And when you light up, when you own who you are and the magic of who you are, the world is better for it. We need more women yes. claiming who they are. We just do. Right. You can create so much more, right? From that place mm-hmm. of power. Yes. And, and love. And that place of love. Self-compassion yes. and self-love. Yes. You know, it got it kind of got trendy and kind of warped and all weird. But when you, it comes from a pure source of your own heart of just acceptance and compassion and kindness, mm-hmm. it is powerful. Yeah, because and then what you're saying, like first when you're say, you know, maybe on day three or whenever, right? First you're saying it's more like surface of oh whatever, and then but when you start to kind of it gets to your heart, right? And then it can bring up the sadness, right? And the real kind of that part, that broken part that doesn't feel enough, doesn't feel good enough, and it it affects so many parts of our lives like and this is the synchronicity at play so thank you for sharing you know what you're doing and the sheet you were writing on and last night I actually had um we ended up having a fight with my sweetheart and I went in my in the bathroom and wrote on my mirror and said that said I am enough with a lipstick and I am worthy mm-hmm. yeah from that place nothing really can touch you mm-hmm. it, it doesn't we because uh, we have such women naturally have tender hearts we let things like pierce them regularly mm-hmm. but when and we you take on other like stuff that's not ours yeah we do but when we have this i am enough i am worthy mm-hmm. i am kind i'm a great co-worker and a good friend mm-hmm. and a loving yeah. mom and you know i used to not be able to rattle these off like this the first time i felt this thought in my head that i should do this i remember like okay i'm here for it as we've talked about i'm adventurous so i started i put up my phone i started to record i was like i don't know what to say i couldn't think of like more than four <laughs> yeah 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 i maybe am not here for this i didn't realize i didn't believe in myself that much i thought i had more self-belief and now i can rattle them off all day long but what it does when you have those truths that are really sacred and true in your heart it creates like a shield around your heart so that yeah. when other things hit it you're like uh-uh no yeah. i know i'm worthy what is that shield they call in star wars like the force like the, the force the force. Yes, the force around your heart i love that <laughs> yes so the force is always with you if you connect to that healthy part of you of your personality and that's when when you're in that powerful place that's when you can see, okay, this person is difficult, this person is narcissistic, and I'm not going to need their approval. And I know their deal. And you don't go into this, oh, my God, needing to fix myself needing to do something differently, because then you know, you can kind of put that 
force field in another sense, you know, kind of have as a boundary, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll deal with you as much as I need to, but then it's not going to affect the rest of my life, right? All the other areas of my life. And then I'm like all the way to kind of breaking me down, right? Mentally. So, um, oh my God, these are all beautiful, beautiful subjects. You know, I want you to share how can people find you and your beautiful community and podcast, Bridget? Okay. Um, well, I would love people to find me because I really love connecting and DM me, reach out to me. Um, but you can find me on Instagram is where I mostly live. And it's Brigitte, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot Heller, H-E-L-L-E-R. Or you can go to my website, www.thestrongandcapable.com because on the website is links to the podcast, links to Instagram. Um, if you want to do the Awake community, which is my membership community, and it's just $19.99 a month, we meet once a week for an hour. Um, then that's thestrongandcapable.com backslash awake. You can sign up for that. And I've like, when we talk about authenticity. This is the authentic. I, I like to say it's the authentic community for leaders where we're real and we talk about it. And, but I believe the next wave of leadership in the world are those who are willing to be authentic. I really believe that's what's coming our way. So um, yeah, the awake community and the Instagram and the website, those are the best places. And the podcast, right? Oh, yeah, Strong. the podcast, the Strong and Capable, you know. <laughs> yes. No, it's amazing, guys. Check it out. Like the interviews, you have inter interviews with um, other people, but also your own um, kind of analysis and you break down different topics, like how to start um, changing your experience. If you're not looking forward to Mondays, you share your experience so vulnerably, but beautifully in a way that... Um, I think it's so empowering and eye-opening kind of and relatable for other people. So I really want to thank you for showing up as you do for everything you're doing and um, your open-heartedness and, you know, sharing your journey, what you've learned and empowering other women um, along the way. So thank you so much for your time. Such thank a lovely conversation. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Didn't you just love how authentic, open, and real she is? Here are my top takeaways from our conversation with Brigitte. Number one, not everyone at work will like you, and that's okay. You don't like everyone either. Number two, if you're feeling lost in your career and feel unclear on what is the next step you should take, it's okay. Know that you will find yourself and your way you, and you'll face this several times over your career journey of feeling lost and then finding yourself. Number three, anxiety strikes even those who appear to be so capable and such high achievers. Number four, you can transform your anxiety into a superpower when you choose to face the situations you are afraid of. Number five, next time the feelings of fear and overwhelm creep in, take a thought inventory and write down every thought that comes into your mind over the next 30 seconds or up to two minutes. And then once you write down everything that's coming to your mind, uh, list the evidence 
to the contrary and start transforming your narrative that you're having in your mind. Number six, doing the inner work and really getting to know yourself and what you want helps you recognize what is a healthy work environment for you and what is not. And number seven, when you've poured yourself into your work and it's still not enough for someone, it might be time to find a better fit and environment that's healthier for you. Number eight, co-creating solutions at work with your team actually creates more magic than needing to figure it out all on your own. Have you ever felt like all this pressure that you have to figure out a solution? So next time you do, when you run into a problem, enlist your boss in helping you solve it versus feeling that pressure to deal with it all on your own. Try it. Number nine, know your career north star. But be open to how it comes together. And number 10, know that you are enough and you are worthy. I really invite you to check out Bridgette on Instagram at bridgette.heller and listen to her strong and capable podcast on Apple Podcast app or uh, Spotify. Again, it's called The Strong and Capable Podcast. She talks about so many topics and I think you got a good feel of what she brings to the table and again, how authentic and vulnerable and open she is about her own journey, what has worked for her, the lessons she's learned along the way um, and she's really sharing it all. I think you will benefit from it um, and again, check her podcast out. It's the Strong and Capable Podcast podcast or Brigitte, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot H-E-L-L-E-R on Instagram. Do you feel like something is missing in your current job, but you're quite not sure what is the next best step to take? I invite you to create a career vision for yourself, just like any great company or leader you admire. They have a vision and a strong mission, so you should create your own. If you need help to start and get going on it, get your free career visioning worksheet that I'm offering at createyourbestcareer.com vision. You can go ahead and download it right away and start painting a picture of your dream job because when you know what you're working towards, it will inform what are the next steps for you to take and end up creating a career where you can fall in love with Mondays. And that is truly my wish for you. Also, if you found this conversation helpful, please subscribe to the um, podcast and also give me a rating. Uh, this will help other people who are looking for answers, looking to find and create their purpose to find this content. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at create your best career. So I would love to stay in touch with you. Go ahead and subscribe and rate the podcast and also get your free career vision worksheet at createyourbestcareer.com slash vision. I'm sending you lots of love and thank you so much for your time.